you guys, and welcome back to That's Insane, a podcast where I talk about murder, medicine, and maybe more, but most definitely more because there's a lot of weird shit out there. My name is Aurelia, and I am your host. Um, What's new, you guys? Are you enjoying spooky season? It is in full effect. Uh, In my house, spooky season starts like August 31st. So all of my decorations have been up since Labor Day, which I don't want to hear any judgment because why is it not acceptable for me to put up my Halloween decorations September 1st, but y'all can be putting up Christmas decorations November 1st? Riddle me that, huh? I'd like to know. Anyway, um, yeah, spooky season Halloween is my favorite holiday. Everybody in my life knows that. I have, uh, you know, what's, what is the, what, what do the younger kids say nowadays? When they want say like, I guess hot take, controversial take, whatever. I would much rather have two Halloweens and no Thanksgiving. And here's why. Before everybody turns this podcast off and deletes it from their phone, because how dare I say that about, you know, Thanksgiving. I can stuff my face any day of the year. I don't need a special day to eat a pound and a half of turkey and pumpkin pie and whatnot. And I know blah, blah, blah. It's about giving thanks. Da, 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 da. Okay. Why don't we make Halloween too, you know, where you dress up crazy, but you know, you're also thankful. Like, why can't we combine them? You know what I mean? Anyway, um, (laughs) I just love Halloween so much. So I have some spooky stories coming for you in October, but Otherwise, I hope that you guys are enjoying fall, the beginning of fall or whatever. Today, we have a medical case, and this one was very cool to research, and I was very excited that I like thought of it on a whim. Today, well, you know, let's just let's just jump right in, and I'm going to see if you can see where I'm going. Although I do think that I say it within like the first three lines. I will tell you my sources at the end as to not give away the the surprise, which actually I forget every time that it's the um, the name of the episode, but whatever. For those of you that don't look at the episode and just click it, here we go. Abigail Lorraine Hensel and Brittany Lee Hensel were born March 7th, 1990. These two are twins, but they're not the typical identical versus fraternal twins. These two are conjoined twins. That's right. Today we're going to be talking about the history of conjoined twins. So Abby and Brittany are what is known as dicephalic parapagus twins, which means that they have two heads that are joined by one torso. Each woman has a heart, a stomach, a spine, and a pair of lungs, um, and a spinal cord. Uh, but the both women have control over one arm and one leg, and they can both write and eat separately and simultaneously. But things like running, swimming, playing piano, or driving a car requires a lot of coordinate, coordination between the two. Both Abby and Brittany have been covered in the media and had a TV series on TLC back in 2012, which is kind of how I like was clued into them, I guess. I don't really know. So let's discuss conjoined twins and the interesting phenomenon that leads to their birth. 
Conjoined twins are twins that are joined in utero. It's a super rare phenomenon that happens between one in every 49,000 births to one in every 189,000 births, which is quite a big gap. There's a slightly higher chance in Southwest Asia and Africa. Um, unfortunately, about half of conjoined twins are born as stillborns, and an additional one-third of those born die within 24 hours. So why does this happen? Why do conjoined twins happen? There's two possible explanations that have been proposed as to what causes conjoined twins. The first, which is the generally accepted um, theory, is through fission, which is when the fertilized egg splits, but it only splits partially. The second, which is no longer considered accurate, is through fusion, which is that the fertilized egg fully separates, but the stem cells on one twin, quote, find similar stem cells on the other twin and fuse together. Um, so I'm not going to get into embryology and the terms associated with it because it's super confusing and truly I don't feel I understand it well enough to even try to explain it. And you already got a medical lesson with James Harrison and learning about blood types. I don't think we need to jump into embryology just yet. Um, but basically conjoined twins are classified according to the nature and degree of their conjoining. So sometimes monozygotic, which are identical twins, will be connected by a skin bridge or like a common liver bridge. Conjoined twins share a single common chorion, placenta, and amniotic sac in utero, but this is different than the monozygotic, which are the identical twins. There's many, many types of conjoined twins, and I'm not going to cover all of them, but I am going to cover a, a good a good chunk of them. I think, I mean, I said that, and then I think there's like five or six, but it's very... I think it's very interesting, and obviously so do you, because you clicked or followed this podcast. Um, okay, so let's start with the most common type. Thoraco, thoraco, omphil, oh shit, I probably should have looked up this pronunciation. Thoraco omphalopagus, that sounds right, twins are when the two bodies fuse from the upper chest to the lower chest, and these account for about 28% of cases. These twins usually share a heart and sometimes a liver and part of the digestive system. Thoracopagus twins are when two bodies fuse from the upper chest to the lower belly and account for 18.5% of cases. The heart is always shared in these cases. As of 2015, twins who share a heart have not been able to both survive separation, so one twin is usually sacrificed so the other twin might survive. Can you imagine having to like make that decision? Like you're you're definitely going to lose one, but there's a good chance you're going to lose two. Ugh. Um omphalopagus twins are when the two bodies are fused at the lower abdomen and these represent about 10% of cases. These twins don't share a heart, but they often share the liver, digestive system, a diaphragm, and other organs. Now, parasitic twins are twins that are asymmetrically conjoined, which results in one twin that is small, less formed, and dependent on the larger twin for survival, which is 
so crazy to me. Uh, craniopagus twins occur when the skulls are fused, but the bodies are separate. This represents about 6% of cases, and the skulls can be conjoined at the back, the front, or the side of the head, but not on the face or at the base of the skull. So, like, the base of the skull is the nape of the neck, if you will. Um, so, it's pretty much, like, forehead all the way back to, like, the bottom or on the sides. But it's not, like, you're not your, like, cheeks aren't attached. Do you know what I mean? Cephalopagus twins are twins with two faces on opposite sides of a single head, and these twins generally don't survive because of severe malformation in the brain. And immediately it made me think of Lord Voldemort. Uh, because, and look, I'm not like the biggest Harry Potter fanatic, but I've seen them all quite a few times. And isn't it like he, like, one one side is like small and like, do you know what I'm talking about? He has two faces. I know that's true. And I want to say it's like one of the early ones. You know what? Why am I talking about things I am not for sure about? Let's move on. Okay. So other less common types include the following. Syncephalus, which is one head with a single face, but four ears and two bodies. Cephalothoracopagus, which is when the bodies are fused at the head and thorax, with two faces facing the opposite direction. Xiphopagus, which is when two bodies are fused at the xiphoid cartilage, which is the sternum or the breastbone. And this, they almost never share vital organs, um, except maybe a liver, which is a very vital organ. Ischiopagus, which is when they're fused um, at the lower half of two bodies with the spines conjoined at the end of a 180 degree angle. So they can have four arms and varying number of legs, um, and generally just one set of genitalia. And then parapagus, which means that they are fused side by side with a shared pelvis. All right, so there's a little anatomy, if you will. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of evidence to suggest that conjoined twins occurred way before actual documentation occurred, which is not surprising. That's the case with most things. Um, a Byzantine historian of the 9th century says that around 385, a child was born who was normal below the navel, but had two chests and two heads, each with their own senses. One would eat and drink, but the other would not eat. One would stay awake while the other slept. There were times when they played with each other or cried or hit each other. They lived for about two years before one died, and then the other followed four days later. There were also two English twins, Mary and Eliza Chulkhurst, who were conjoined by the back and lived from 1500 to 1534, and they are known as one of the best known early historical examples of conjoined twins. There are so many, so many examples of conjoined twins over hundreds of years, and I could literally, like, it could be its own episode just to talk about the twin, like, the conjoined twins through the ages. Um, so sometimes if the conjoined twins are viable, separation could be an option. This can range from super easy or extremely difficult. Um, as I've mentioned, these surgeries are very risky and life threatening. There have been quite a few cases of successful separation throughout history, but most of the time the surgery results in death of either one or both of the twins. Uh, and especially if they're conjoined at the head or share a vital organ like the heart or the liver. 
With this, there is a lot of ethical questions surrounding surgical separation if the twins can survive. Wait. Surgical separation if the twins can survive. Oh, okay. Uh, so ba basically, there's a ethical questions surrounding the surgical separation if both twins can survive being conjoined. You know what I mean? Like, why do it if it's not worth the risk, I guess. Um, studies have shown that the quality of life of twins who remain conjoined are higher than what we would assume. Nevertheless, separation surgery does occur, and it has occurred for a long time. The first record of this was in the Byzantine Empire in the 900s. One of the conjoined twins had already died, so doctors in the town attempted to separate a dead twin from the surviving one. The remaining twin lived for three days after separation, so it wasn't like super successful, but it was in the 900s. The next recorded uh, case was in Germany in 1689. Um, this was the first recorded successful separation and was performed by Johannes Fatio. In 1955, a neurosurgeon, Harold Voris, and his team at Mercy Hospital in Chicago performed the first successful operation to separate to separate craniopagus twins, which are combined at the head, and resulted in long-term survival of both twins, although the smaller twin was permanently impaired. In 1957, Bertram Katz and his team made medical history when they performed the world's first successful separation of conjoined twins that shared a vital organ. The twins were Omphalopagus, uh, John Nelson, and James Edward Freeman, and they were born in Youngstown, Ohio, in 1956. The two boys shared a liver, but had separate hearts. More recent success stories of separation surgeries include the separation of Ganga and Kamuna Shreshta in 2001. The surgery was 97 hours, and the twins were also craniopagus. The surgery left Ganga with brain damage and... Kamuna, okay, now wait, is it Kamuna or Jamuna? Because I have both. Um, but it left that one unable to walk. Seven years later, Ganga died at the age of eight after being admitted for a severe chest infection. Rose and Grace Adderd were separated by the UK, uh, wait, were separated in the UK by court order over the religious objection of their parents. The twins were attached at the lower abdomen and spine, um, and the surgery occurred in November 2000 and was extremely controversial because Rose, who was the weaker twin, would die as a result of the procedure since her lungs and heart were dependent on Grace's. But if the operation hadn't taken place, both twins would have died. Grace did survive the uh, survive the operation and lived a normal childhood, but obviously... They, it was done against the request of the parents, I guess. Uh, in 2003, two 29-year-old women, Layden and Layla, La, La, Layla, yeah, were joined, uh, okay, in 2003, two 29-year-old women, Layden and Layla, were joined at the head but had separate brains. The two women were separated despite surgeons warning that the operation could be fatal to one or both women. But an undetected major vein hidden from the scans was discovered during the operation, and while the separation was completed, both women did die while in surgery. 
2019, Safa and Marwa Ula were separated in London, England. The twins were born in 2017 and were joined at the top of the head with separate brains and a cylindrical shared skull with the twins facing opposite directions. There were many difficulties due to numerous shared veins and a distortion in the shape of the girls' brains, which caused them to overlap. The surgery was completed after 52 hours, and both girls returned home healthy in 2020. So let's talk about some of the like notable twins. Uh, many conjoined twins were united in the 19th century and made careers. What I don't understand what it means united. And I wrote this, so like I don't even understand what I'm writing. Okay, well, many conjoined twins ended up making careers in the performing arts, but none achieved the level of fame as Chang and Ang. Chang and Ang Bunker were born May 11th, 1811 in Siam, which is now Thailand, and are actually where the term Siamese twins came from. Their mother reportedly said their birth was no more difficult than that of their other several siblings, which my fucking God, like, bless her. Their father was a fisherman and died when the twins were young, likely from smallpox epidemic that came through the area in 1819. The two were joined by their xiphoid cartilage, but were still very active as kids and would run and play with other kids. The discovery, if you will, of the two is credited to Robert Hunter, who was a Scottish merchant. In 1824, Hunter reportedly first met the twins while he was on a fishing boat in the Menem River, and the twins were swimming. He initially mistook them for an odd animal, but after meeting them, he saw the opportunity in bringing them to the West. Um, So the two were brought to the United States in 1829 at the age of 17 after about five years. The two were in a contract with Hunter stating their tour would last five years. They toured through the major U.S. cities before going to cities in the British Isles, then moving on to tour Europe before returning to the United States. The two would charge audiences to come to their, quote, freak show, and their admission was usually 25 cents, which is $7 in today's money. Early on, the twins would perform physical stunts like running and doing somersaults, but also occasionally featured swimming, playing checkers, and parlor tricks. The two died on January 17, 1854, after Chang contracted bronchitis and died, and then Ang passed away two hours later. They did live uh, 62 years, which was the longest conjoined twins in history until 2012 when Robbie and Donnie Galen surpassed this record. Um, so Lori and Dory Chappelle, Chappell, let's say Chappell, Lori and George Chappell, born Dory and Lori, were born on September 18, 1961 in Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania. The two are craniopagus conjoined twins, which again joined at the head. Um, George is unable to walk due to spina bifida. The first 24 years of their life, they spent in an institution for the mentally disabled, which, oh my God. Um, But since 1988, they have lived life without assistance. Initially, George didn't like his time. Okay. Initially, George didn't like his name and went by Reba after his favorite singer. And in 2007, he came out as trans and then preferred to publicly be called George. So the two are noted in the Guinness World Records as the first same-sex conjoined twins to identify as different genders. 
Lori is a trophy-winning bowler, and George is a country singer. In 2022, they were the oldest living conjoined twins in the world. So next um, for notable conjoined twins, we have Ronnie and Donnie Galen. Ronald and Donald Galen were born on October 28, 1951 in Dayton, Ohio, Their mother, Eileen, was not expecting twins, so imagine her surprise to not only have twins, but have them be conjoined. Um, The two were joined at the sternum and the groin and shared a set of organs. After a two-year stay in the hospital, it was determined unsafe to separate the two. Unfortunately, the uh, the local schools deemed the two a distraction, so they weren't formally educated, which obviously led to lifelong functional illiteracy. They had other siblings, so to make money, his father decided to take the two on the road as a sideshow attraction. I'm telling you, I write these things and I don't even know what they're meaning. So basically, their father decided to take them on the road as sideshow attractions, eventually being exhibited in the U.S., Latin America, and Canada. Their income was used to support the family. In 1991, the pair retired from entertainment and lived a pretty normal life by using a custom double wheelchair In 2009, Ronnie developed an infection in his lungs, which quickly threatened both men's lives, and they were hospitalized. After their hospitalization, they needed round-the-clock care, but their younger brother and his wife couldn't bring them to their house as it wasn't handicap accessible. However, as Ronnie and Donnie had become very active and well-known in their community, tons of volunteers and donations assisted in the building of a special addition to the home. In 2009, they were the oldest living set of conjoined twins in the world, and as of, uh, as of October 2014, they were the world record for the longest-lived conjoined twins in history. On July 4th, 2020, the two died of congestive heart failure in hospice surrounded by family. So let's bring it back to the beginning with Abby and Brittany. At their birth, their parents decided not to separate the two after hearing surgeons say it was unlikely that both would survive. When they were teens, they both had to pass their driver's license exam separately because even though they had to coordinate together to drive, the state required that both be licensed. When they do drive, Abby controls the devices on the right side and Brittany on the left side, and they both control the steering wheel, which sounds so stressful. Um, The two graduated from high school in 2008 and went to college at Bethel University, majoring in education, and the two accepted teaching positions in 2013 as elementary school teachers. I just, what if you have different career goals? Like, what if one of you wants to be a teacher and one of you wants to be an accountant? Like, I mean, I guess um, Lori and George, George is a singer, uh, I think I actually read that George, whenever George performs, Lori, like, puts something over her head. I could be making that up, but that just came back to me now. Uh, anyway, um, okay, so some of their clothing is altered by a seamstress, so the clothing has two separate necklines. They still eat their own meals, but occasionally share a single me- meal for convenience. Of course, they significantly hate being stared at or photographed by strangers. I saw somewhere that they were married recently and otherwise seemed to be doing great. So there have been way more instances of conjoined twins who survived long into adulthood than I personally thought, and even more that have uh, ever existed than what I originally thought as well. 
So, of course, I didn't go into detail about every single conjoined twin in history, all the types, how they're represented in fiction and media, because that, again, we could probably do like a two-part on this because there's uh, all kinds of like mythical stories that people either believe are are related to conjoined twins. Um, it's just it, it just very very cool stuff. So um, yeah, that is conjoined twins and the history and the types and some of the the well known conjoined twins of pretty much the twentieth and twenty first century. My sources are Wikipedia, of course, um, for both conjoined twins, Abby and Brittany. Uh, Actually, my sources completely are Wikipedia on each one of these. So Wikipedia on conjoined twins, Abby and Brittany, Chang and Ang, Lori and George, and Ronnie and Donnie. I thought that I had like another source, but obviously I didn't. So yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed that one. I learned something. I hope that you learned something, but more importantly, I hope that you enjoyed And if you guys are enjoying, then I highly suggest that you subscribe, rate, and review because that's how my podcast is kind of suggested to other people. And it would just mean so much to me. With that being said, if you have any other medical cases that you want me to look into or murder cases or just weird shit in general, then send an email to thatsinsanepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at that's underscore insane underscore podcast. I'm also on Facebook at that's insane podcast. I am not on TikTok. However, you can follow Aurelia May Makeup if you want me to, if you want to watch one minute clips of these stories while I do my makeup, or if you just want to give me a follow to show your support, that would also be super fab. Until next time, bye.